Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 213, and it's titled Jealousy, Insecurity, and Cheating. So today... We're going to be talking about all three of those things. We're going to talk about where they come from, why people do them, what you can do about it, strategies to solve these problems that people have. Jealousy, insecurity, and cheating are things that almost everybody experiences at some point in their life and or in their relationship. But it doesn't have to be there. And even if it does, it doesn't necessarily have to cause problems in the relationship. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about how to manage that. Like if these things and when these things come up, how do you manage it without it being self-destructive or destructive to your relationship? And they can show up at different times in relationships too. It could be in an early relationship. It could be later on. Do they... You know, did they show up differently or is it different or is it the same? We're going to try to give you a little bit of everything. And most specifically, hopefully, you'll get what you need to be able to create a different scenario. Yes. Before we get started, Mm -hmm. let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Did you say .com? Yes. But we're teaching you in Power and Mastery how to not come. Well, that's the URL, my dear. (laughs) Or come when you want. (laughs) Well, yes, more specifically, come when you want. All right, all right, all right. Enough of the silly jokes. Well, no, not enough. There'll probably be plenty more throughout the show. (laughs) Well, they're entertaining. So, you know, I thought a good place to start would be to go all the way to the beginning and kind of like where does it stem from? I think a... A model that would make sense. It starts with insecurity, there's jealousy, and there's cheating. And they kind of like build up on each other. I mean, you can have one without the other. But I think that... I'm not sure you would cheat if you didn't have insecurities. Um... Maybe. I mean, some people would because the cheater isn't necessarily the one that's always insecure Mm -hmm. in the relationship. Um, but for sure, insecurity is kind of the root of all of it, right? Mm -hmm. So generally you don't have jealousy without insecurity first. For sure. Right. The cheating thing, well, that's kind of a beast in and of itself that we'll tackle. But but yeah, let's, let's cover each one of those and talk about kind of where they come from. So with insecurity, ultimately it kind of comes down to two things. I have been doing this work for 20 years now. And, you know, have worked with clients for over 12 years at this point. And I really boiled it down to two things. It's either I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. 
And it comes down to a self-belief that we hold. And pretty much everything that we do in life stems from that core wound. And so the insecurity, whether you're thinking you're not good enough or you're not worthy, really what it means is you've got low self-confidence. You might be afraid of rejection. Or you're also bringing past unpleasant relationships into the present. So you're living the past all over again, wondering why your future is the same than the past because you're constantly stuck in the past. Oh, the repeating patterns. Boy, do we see that a lot. So technically, you're not asking for what you want, need, but you still have expectations. And this is very important to mention because for whatever reasons, you might be thinking, well, I'm going to ask for what I want. But you're not letting go of the expectations of getting what you want. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Insecurity is a big one. I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time because we got a lot of stuff to get through. But, you know, I don't think people truly understand just how big insecurity is in their relationships. And it manifests in many different ways. And it's not always obvious that insecurity is the reason for the actions that are going on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess maybe what I'm suggesting to the audience here is to really take a step back and really go within and be really honest with yourself. You know, is your bitchy behavior in the relationship really because underneath all of that, you're insecure about the relationship, right? Like, so that's one example of how insecurity can, can show up where maybe one partner is like, you know, the naggy, bitchy, you know, constantly complaining kind of person. And so you might tend to think, well, that's just because they're a bitch mm -hmm. or they had trauma or they're tired or they're whatever it is at yes and there could be a deeper underlying insecurity that is causing them to sort of lash out in that way. I also think that as we're younger, we will have more insecurities. Also, we tend to not want to show them too much. I see that a lot with masculine where they go like, I'm going to be cocky to mask the fact that I'm insecure until they're really able to step in their confidence. I see that with women where oftentimes we feel very insecure about our bodies, how we look, and it takes us a good decade or two before we get comfortable. Or three or four, sometimes not to like 40s. <laughs> yeah, well, where, where we finally are okay with how our bodies look, with what we need to ask for it. And so... I don't think insecurity is a bad thing as long as you don't let it take over the relationship. It can show you areas where you can grow. And asking for help if you're insecure is not a sign of weakness. Let's say you identified that you're very insecure about a body part and you need reassurance. It's okay to enroll your partner if they're willing to give you the reassurance you need until you feel that your cup is full. And then you'll move on. Sometimes people are like, well, but if I ask for that, then 
We're going to have to do that for years and stuff. In my experience, there is a point where we reach a satisfaction or like you feel satiated. You're like, I've gotten everything I needed. (laughs) You know, I want to add to something that you said too about how, you know, there tend to be more insecurities in young people. Yes. While that is true, we do see a ton a ton of older people with just as many insecurities. The thing is, is the insecurities show up differently. That's right? true. So just to take your example of the young man who uses his cockiness as a way to hide the fact that deep down inside he's actually insecure. Well, when that young man gets older, the cockiness will often go away and the insecurity will show up as being overly attentive, mm. right? Or not being a strong masculine, being a bit softer and more wishy-washy and super tender. Oh, are you okay? Oh, did that work for you? Mm. Oh, how can I, can I do this for you? Is that okay? And like asking everything all the time. Mm. A lot of times that comes from insecurity. Now, the funny thing is, is that, you know, when we work with men who are like that, they will never see it as insecurity. They will say, I just, I really want to make sure that she's having a good time. That she's happy. I care. I it's care. all about her. It's all about her. Oh, how many times have we heard mm-hmm. it's all about her? Not really. It's mostly about you and your insecurities in the relationship. Therefore, you think it's all about her. So those are just some yeah. ways in which that insecurity shows Something up. that's really interesting is that... For some reason, we put expectations on ourselves that when it comes to relationship or the bedroom, we should know it all. And these are learned skills. Here's the thing. If you learn, if you want to learn how to cook, you're going to buy cookbooks, you're going to take classes, you're going to read, you're going to surround yourself with, with people who know how to do it. You're going to practice a lot. You're going to practice a lot. You're There's going gonna to be a lot of failed dishes exactly. and, and burnt things laugh, on the stove and in the oven. you laugh at it and you'll be like, <laughs> okay. That was a learning experience. And then it's like, how can I do it better? And you keep at it until you master your skill. Somehow, that mentality, most people don't bring it into their relationship and bedroom. But you should bring that. And remember that with your partner, your team. And you're here to help each other becoming the best person you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Truth bomb. I had to. I had to. Because you're right. It is about helping each other become the best person that you can each be. And you'll mature in your relationship. Okay, let's move on to jealousy. Uh, just kind of to see again the root. The root is an insecurity, right? But at the, the core of jealousy is comparison. And it means, you know... You're constantly comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah, what if she's better looking? Or what if he's better in bed than I am? What, what if he's got a, a bigger, bigger cock? cock? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's all of that comparison stuff that gets in there. And, you know, I don't know if this is really the place to, to go into, you know, the being all in in the relationship. But sure. it, it, it is relevant to jealousy, which is that, Jealousy tends to come up often in relationships because somebody, one or the other, or even both people in the relationship, do not feel 100% confident that their partner is, as we say, all in. And so because they feel like they're not 
all in, they realize that uh, if he's not all in, then that means there's a possibility that he's partially in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So this is a big thing that we spend a lot of time talking about. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine this weekend who was talking about how in his relationship in the beginning of it, they were managing an open relationship. And he had another lover and he said, it was working just fine. And I didn't even let him finish that sentence. And I said, until it wasn't, because I already knew what direction this was going in. And of course, yeah, until it wasn't, until she started getting triggered by some of his behaviors. Now, were his behaviors out of line? Not necessarily. But the problem is, is that she couldn't feel that he was 100% in, and that's the problem. All of the really successful poly couples or open relationship couples that we have seen, and honestly, there aren't many. <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest, there aren't many. And if, if there's anybody that in, that's listening that's in an open relationship, and they're like, but we've been doing it for 25 years, great, congratulations for you. You are not the norm. <laughs> But they can work, they can work, and when they do, it's because they know that both people in that relationship are 100% in and committed to that primary core of a relationship. And they know that no matter how many dates the other person goes on, no matter how many people they fuck, they're always going to come home to that person. And they're not worried that somehow the next person's going to steal their partner away. That's the only way that those relationships work. But you got to bring the same, the same element in a monogamous relationship. You need to have the safety. You need to have the trust. And if your partner goes away without you and spend time like that, you know they're going to come back to you. Trust and safety doesn't happen magically. It's something that you establish over time. It's something that your actions demonstrate. Because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm in. I want you. But then every time you go out, you're looking and you're seeing all the other beautiful women or, or men, you know, and, and she can feel it. Oh, absolutely. She can feel it. And thank you for bringing it full circle around because it wasn't really about open relationships mm-hmm. or poly. I was using that as an example to illustrate how important it is uh, that you have that strength in knowing mm-hmm. that your your partner is not just gonna squirrel squirrel like <laughs> wander like oh my god hot chick oh my god sexy man oh bigger cock more money whatever it is you're not gonna go chasing the reality that of thing. it there's always gonna be something more beautiful wealthier faster better anywhere you look it just is how it is you just have to be content with who you are or so it will appear yes. from a distance. And we'll, yes. we'll talk about the grass on the other side of the fence later on in the show. Yes. <laughs> okay, last but not least, we want to address the cheating part. I think that it comes down to really one thing, if you boil it down, is you need not being met needs. And some people are like, well, no, I just like adventure. And it's like, well, yeah, you need for novelty and adventure is not, not being, being met. met. <laughs> Therefore, you seek it outside the relationship. Yeah, 100%. In every relationship, pretty much, that I've seen or worked with, the cheating was 
always because some need was not being met or a whole bunch of needs Mm -hmm. weren't being met. And what's interesting is, is we have seen people that claim to be, well, no, just by nature, I'm, I'm just a swinger or I'm poly. That's just who I am. And then years later, you see them get into a new relationship where all of a sudden they're truly compatible with this person. And that open relating poly swinging thing goes right out the fucking window mm-hmm. and suddenly they're monogamous. Why? Why does that happen so often? Because they finally get into a relationship where their needs are met. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, if you've never really observed that, you're like, oh, okay, I could see that. But when you actually watch it happen in real time, it is just so fucking obvious yeah. what's happening. And that's the thing is it's not theoretical at that point. You're, just, you're looking at it like it's in slow motion going, I know exactly where this is going. You know, there's a myth that your partner has to meet all of your needs. It's not the case. Some relationship, there's some of it. Others, there's more than others. But the key is to be honest. The key is to be real. And the thing is, too, things can change. You might have entered a relationship under the monogamous idea. Then maybe one person got sick. Maybe one person's hormones changed. Maybe one person's life mission change. All of a sudden, they want to be celibates. You can't expect your partner to do everything the same than you. The, the problem comes where one partner radically changes and then expects the, the others to just adjust. Just adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, hey, adjusting works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And that's a great point that you brought up because when we talk about cheating and we say, well, people cheat because their needs aren't met, Mm -hmm. doesn't imply that your relationship has to meet all of your needs. And so that's a really excellent point that you bring up. Most relationships are not capable of meeting all of your needs, but that doesn't mean that you have to cheat to get those (laughs) needs met, right? So that's the big difference. The big difference is, is that if you have a need that isn't being met in your relationship, you need to sit down and have an honest and compassionate conversation about what those needs are. Can that person try to meet those needs? And if not, what other ways can you potentially get those needs met? And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I know we've talked about it in depth in our other episodes about uh, poly and open relating and, and, and all that kind of stuff, because that really comes up big in that particular situation. But as you clearly pointed out, you need to have those things even in monogamous relationships too. Absolutely. All right. So this was kind of a, a big intro, but we want to dive in a little bit deeper into each one of them. I think the one we'll spend the most time is insecurity, because if you can tackle that, most of the rest will happen. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an underlying piece to all the mm-hmm. others. And if you can work on that, you might see, you will likely see a lot of those other things magically clear themselves up. So let's look at different signs of insecurity in a relationships. If you're not sure, am I insecure? You know, but you're probably like, you know, closing your eyes, trying not to see, because we know these things. But, you know, there's some signs, some ways of behaving and, and thinking that can show you that. If that's your partner, then it can help you see that. 
So let's start with number one. If you're constantly checking on your partner, if you're not with them, to determine their whereabouts. Where are you at? What's going on? When are you coming home? Are you having fun? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so the funny thing about that is a lot of the words that you just used are things that people do that don't necessarily upfront appear like jealousy. Mm -hmm. They just be like, oh, I care. But it's insecurity. I care. I'm oh, sorry. Insecurity is what I meant. Um, but but they they come across as oh I just care. I just want to know that you're having fun. I just want to know you know that everything's okay. It's because I care about you. Yeah, but here's the sometimes thing. it is. But a lot of times it's really just it's just masked in caring. What's underneath the mask is you're really insecure and you want to know where the fuck are you and what are you doing right now. <laughs> and you know maybe you're having a bad day and it's okay. Maybe that day you needed more reassurance and your partner left really early. You haven't had a chance to, to connect emotionally and bond. And then they're gone and, and you feel lonely and you need a little connection. That's one scenario. The other scenario is you're in a new relationship and you haven't established the structure of the relationship. You're dating. You haven't really said that you're going exclusive. You haven't put any label on that relationship. You're used to getting a lot of texts. Suddenly you get nothing for two days. Where do you go? Are you thinking, is he dating somebody else? Is she seeing someone else? What's going on? And that scenario shows, again, an insecurity, but that comes from the fact that you don't have the safety that you need to establish the trust because the relationship has not been yet defined. Yeah. So in the first scenario that you talk about, that's perfectly fine. It's only if you see that happening over and over and over again that you realize that, okay, there's a pattern. Here. Mm -hmm. There's an underlying pattern of insecurity. The second one is interesting too. Yeah. Because you haven't established the trust yet in the relationship. Now, both men and women obviously can go there early on in a relationship. I think women probably tend to go there more than men do because mm -hmm. men are kind of like, but it's a new relationship. We haven't committed to anything <laughs> yet. I'm under no obligation to send her a text three times a day every day. Like, I was busy. My dog, whatever, my work, my blah, blah, blah. There was a really awesome game on, you know, whatever. You know, like, that. most guys are totally clueless to that sort of thing. Um, but... Not to say that men don't do that too. So the key to that one, of course, is establishing the trust. Mm -hmm. Which is the number two. I just looked at it. I'm like, wait, were we talking about number two? Because we just kind of talked about it. But no, we weren't. But we'll just mention it again, which is not trusting your partner to stay faithful to you and constantly worrying that they're cheating on you. If you're worrying that your partner is cheating on you, there's one of two things happening. Either they actually are cheating on you, you <laughs> see the little signs and symptoms all over the place, but you are too afraid to confront it for whatever reason, or you have a lot of insecurity. Yeah, and you need to tackle that. Yeah. Because it's ruining your relationship. Because your insecurity that you constantly bring up will basically create the scenarios you don't want to have happen. Yeah, it's, it sure can. Yeah. Number three. You're feeling jealous of all other people in their lives and resenting the other people they are close to. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you find yourself getting jealous of the fact that they spend too much time with a particular friend or friends or group of friends. A family member or that they have an, the opposite sex best friend, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it stems down to like, just love yourself for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, know you're fucking amazing. The person chose you. And just because you're amazing... And somebody else can be amazing too. Like everybody can be amazing, but your unique flavor, what makes you so particular is what that person wants. And you don't have to bring other people down to elevate yourself. And this is huge, especially for women. A lot of women always think like, well, if I want to be the pretty one, no other woman can be pretty in the room. I'm like, that's not how it works. See beauty everywhere. Celebrate other women's beauty, but also celebrate your own. <laughs> yes, yes. You, ne- you needed some applause for that one. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, not taking your partner at their word and wanting to verify everything they tell you. Woo. Oh, man. That one is so it's energy the draining. Police interrogation, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that one. That one is draining for both parties. It really is because you waste so mm-hmm. much energy trying to do that, trying to explain, trying to make them feel safe and secure, and just ah, that one's bad. Mm-hmm. All right, next, uh, feeling like your partner may break up with you at any time. Oh yeah. This is like another variation of the sort of walking on eggshells relationship. So the, the one is walking on eggshells and always worried about the fact that you're going to make a mistake. But another version of that is feeling like the relationship could end at any moment because you did something or you whatever, you know. The, the truth is the relationship could always end at any moment. Nothing, nothing in this world is 100% safe there's always an unknown and you just have to accept that and trust. Yeah. This is C- where like catastrophes can happen. Things unplanned happen. <laughs> it's how do you deal with that? And you just have to accept that you're both doing your best. You're both showing up, but yes, you could lose the other person at any moment. I know. And that sounds, that sounds like a pessimistic point of view and it's not. And, and, I kind of want to expand on that a little bit because it's, it's sort of a universal truth of life, which is that people do everything they can to seek safety. Yes. It's just human nature. We do everything we can to try to be safe and to try to avoid suffering, right? Like that's basically what all of our actions mm-hmm. are towards. And so in relationships, people will say, well, you know, once we're engaged or once we're married, then whew, I can finally relax because it's a done deal at that point. Or once we have kids or once we buy a house or once we whatever. And the reality is, is that none of those things are going to make your relationship any safer than it was before. All it's really going to do is if you don't have a strong foundation and the relationship fails, it's just going to make it more complicated and messy <laughs> to clean up the pieces, Right. And so this idea of this basically false security in mm-hmm. life, it's like people think, well, once I make this amount of money, it'll all be better. Or once I own my house, it'll all be better. Well, yeah, okay. 
own your house. What does that mean? Do you have a mortgage? Well, then you don't really own it. What happens if you lose your job? Okay, have you paid for it outright? Do you hold a lodial title? No? Okay, well, if you don't pay your property taxes, your house is gone, right? Like none of these things that we think are solid. Like once I get it, it's done. That just doesn't exist in this world. And it's not meant again to be pessimistic. It's meant to be realistic. And if you can truly embrace that and understand it, you can let go of the worry and the fear yes. that is there. And that's the whole point. And that's so freeing. That's yeah. the place where you, you can see it for what it is. And then you can also love better because then it matters. Any moment, any little action can make a difference. A little smile when your, your partner is tired, a word of encouragement, a I believe in you, a hug, like you're willing to go the extra mile because you know it matters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing like a major health crisis or something to really drive that point home. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's, last but not least... Uh, if the person is constantly fishing for compliments and validation to try and feel more secure. And again, I want to say that there's nothing wrong with that if it's acknowledged. If you can say, I am insecure and I need this, and your partner is willing to give it to you, then please go for it because that is the right place in your relationship. But... If you don't acknowledge it, or your partner has not agreed to do it, and you constantly try to get it, that's when it doesn't work. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with asking for compliments and reassurance yeah. from time to time. It's only when it's constantly, on a regular basis, that it indicates that there is most likely some insecurity and or jealousy. Well, the thing is, too, is... Ultimately, you are responsible for your own happiness. And if you depend on your partner to help you feel good all the time, this at some point will have an end. You need to be able to make yourself feel good. But sometimes it's okay to ask for help. But most of the time it does come from the inside. It is an inside job. Love yourself. Make yourself happy first. All of the truth bombs just keep coming this show. You know, <laughs> what you said is very powerful and 100% true. And unfortunately, most people don't want to hear it. We actually did a show, an episode of this show. It was titled something along the lines of your sexual satisfaction is your own responsibility. Oh, yes. Something like that. And it was probably one of our lowest <laughs> rated shows. <laughs> and it was a fantastic show. The problem is, is people just don't want to hear that they're actually responsible for their own problems. They don't. They, they, or pleasure. Or pleasure, right? They, they want to blame it on somebody else because it's easier and they want somebody else or some outside thing or some pill or some quick fix to take care of it. And honestly, that's just not how life works. No, no shortcuts. You got to nope. do the work and it sucks sometimes. Yep. But ultimately, when you do the work, nobody can take it away from you. And that's empowerment. Man, like you are on fire today. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I have to restrain myself because I can't do a truth bomb every time you speak, but I kind of want to. Well, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I really appreciate that. All right. All right. Let's take a break to hear from our sponsor, which today is me. 
<laughs> Super sexy, Kevin. So, hey, guys, do you know what it, what makes a man great? You know, the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his body? Is it because he's great in bed, has a big penis, has great pickup lines? Is it really any of those things? Hmm. What if you don't have those things? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? I can help you. These are all things that I work with men on. So if you're ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to celineremy.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. And if you're not interested in being a warrior, you just want to be a lover, that's okay. That works too. I just had to call the program something. But... (laughs) But... I am definitely going to help you tap into your inner warrior and masculinity to help you with not only your relationships, not only your sex life, but your entire life because none of it is separate. So go to CelineRemy.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. You know you need to do it, so just do it. You know, you need another sound effect like a sword. Oh, Okay. Oh, I'll get that. that. Absolutely. At the end of that, you know, that would be good. Yeah, that one's very appropriate for me too. Exactly. All right. All right. So let's talk about a few more things here. Um, We want to give you a few strategies. We spend a lot of time on insecurities, but let's see what can you do if you've identified yourself as being insecure or your partner? What are some of the things? So number one, I feel like we always do the same, but again, it is because... It's kind of always the same and we need repetition because we dance as human beings and we need to hear it over and over until we take the appropriate steps. So number one, identify your triggers. You need to become self-aware of what are the situations that trigger insecurity. Are there topics or areas? Because we're rarely insecure everywhere. There's usually like an area. So know that about yourself. Awareness and know yourself first. Yeah, that that is absolutely huge. Number two, communicate with your partner. Engage in more open communication about your insecurities, how they arise in your relationship, and ways you can begin to work on them. Yeah, I know you're right. We do say a lot of these things. It's like have self-awareness and communicate, right? But honestly, that's the foundation of solving every problem in your life. Yes, Whether it's your sex life, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your job, whether it's whatever it is, it's kind of the foundation of everything. You got to figure out, you know, who you are, what you want, what you need, and then speak up. And then communicate about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, express how you feel. Aiming to share your feelings, but this is really important. We're not here to do emotional terrorism. A lot of people are so bad at communicating their emotions and they do feels like you stress me out because you, anytime you start your sentence with the you pointing the finger at somebody else, there are more fingers pointing back at you. And this is a very, very bad way of communicating. 
This is not actually expressing how you feel. No, it's this blaming. Is, this is blaming. This is and blaming shaming. and shaming. So you you absolutely have to understand that approaching things from the you do this and you do that is not you expressing your feelings. So you got to take responsibility. I get stressed sometimes because when this happens or I get stressed out when you come home late and... I'm supposed to leave for my meeting and, you know, like you describe a situation. When this happens, I feel like this. And you can even say, I understand that maybe this isn't real, but this is how I feel mm -hmm. when it happens. Exactly. I also want to uh, put a little warning on here for the men, because there's been a lot of encouragements in the last few years for men to get in touch with their feelings. Now... I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. Men should get in touch with their feelings. However, what they shouldn't do is dump that all over their partners. So here's the thing. If you need to get in touch with your feelings, men, go do it in a men's group. Go do it with a therapist. Tap into those feelings. Understand what's in there. Get to know them. Figure out what's real, what's not. Get rid of the junk, right? Become powerful. Go back to your partner that way. What you don't want to do is show up to your partner and like, can I lay my head on your lap and just cry in your lap and tell you all of my problems and look like a big wishy-washy softy guy who doesn't have his shit together? Mm -hmm. That's what you don't want to do. And look, I know you don't want to hear this, guys, but the reality is, is when you do that, your woman loses some respect for you. Yeah. And there's a few women going, no, no, I would love it if he finally showed his emotions. Yeah, but showing your emotion, what you really want is him shedding a tear at your wedding, watching a sunset and being touched, looking at your children and being like... Expressing his love to you. Exactly. That's the kind you want. Yeah, you want that kind of stuff. You don't want all the insecurity, whiny, mm -hmm. you know, well, when I was five and then the thing happened and then ever since I can't blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting in touch with those things. I'm not telling you to repress your emotions. I'm telling you to work on them in an appropriate place and time. Now, let's talk about the other part, which is listening to your partner. If your partner is able to express vulnerability and share where they're insecure, Please listen with an open mind. Don't try to fix them, but maybe brainstorm ways to support them if you're willing to. Maybe it's not what you want to do, but you can find another solution with somebody else. So that's, you know, listening goes a long way. Yeah. And of course, anytime we talk about listening, we have to mention that there's more than one kind of listening. There's listening where you seek to understand. And there's listening where you can't wait to respond with your pre-programmed response that you already have before you've even listened to anything they've had to say. And really, you didn't hear anything they said because you were too focused on what you were going to say and not forget what you had to say. Right. So listening actually means seeking to understand. You are listening to what they are saying because you are seeking to understand them and the point they're trying to make. I have a few more little tips for dealing with insecurities where... Journaling can be a helpful option. Uh, meditating, because you get to know yourself. Any form of um, art or hobby where you get to be creative can also help you uh, to tap into this new energy. But last but not least, and I think it's the most important, 
is to actually take bold steps. When you know that you're insecure about something, you have to force yourself out of your comfort zone. Yes, and also be careful with that one because what we have personally witnessed in the poly community is we have seen people come into the poly community and they get triggered, they get jealous. But because they're in the poly community and they're working on jealousy, which is a big topic in the poly community, they, it goes something like this. They go, well, I'm feeling jealousy and it really hurts, but I know I'm not supposed to feel jealousy because that's bad. So the way to get through that is to put myself in as many situations as possible that trigger my jealousy through the fucking roof, and eventually I'll learn to stop being jealous. Well, let well, me. Well, that's a good scenario, but right now we're in the insecurity still. We're still like looking yes, at yes. steps. Well, so just talking about bold steps. I yes. was using that as an example to show you that, yes, bold steps. It could be steps, destructive. But be careful what yes. the bold steps you take are. I was more thinking along the lines of talk to a stranger if you're shy. Wear something risque if you're concerned about your body. Right. But um, this kind of step. That's Don't. why we had to define it. Yeah. Because if we just say take bold steps, there's going to be people out there who, who think, well, they said, you know, if I was jealous, I just need to go out and deal Traumatize with... myself every day with it again and right. over and over. I have to say, just to finish what I was saying with that, that particular example, is I've never seen it work. Yeah. I, all I've seen is people get triggered to the point of they break. So I don't highly recommend that. And once they break... They have to do the work, go within, journal, meditate, know the things, express themselves, set boundaries and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same process. We're back right. to the beginning. But, but instead they put themselves through hell to get there. So, um, yes, bold steps. Like, like the insecurity thing is a great one. We had, um, wow, what was his name on that we had on this show? Remember. Was it Robbie Kramer? Yes, it was Robbie Kramer. And he was helping men with... Dating confidence. Dating confidence, exactly. And... One of the things that he did, because he lacked dating confidence, was he said, I'm going to go out and talk to X number of women in today. And talk it, for real, not online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like face to face in person. And it could just be like a simple like, hello, how are you doing? It wasn't picking up. It wasn't like, I need to go try to pick up women. It was just mm -hmm. go talk to people. Because the whole thing is, he wouldn't approach women because he was afraid to just talk to a stranger. So what do you do? So he went out and he forced himself to talk to strangers. That's a way that you can push yourself that's not going to push yourself too far over the edge and cause breakdown. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a few more things before uh, we're coming to the end of this show. Uh, I want to cover a few things around jealousy and briefly about cheating as well because it was part of our title. Um, but I want to mostly spend more time, I think, on the jealousy parts. Because we did a whole show on cheating too, I believe, a long time ago. But anyway, you know, jealousy is ambivalent. Some people say it's healthy to have a good dose of jealousy. Other people say, oh, I'm not jealous at all. I don't experience that. There are a few rare people that actually don't experience jealousy. But most of the people who say they don't are full of shit. You know, I think that jealousy is how you express it. Jealousy can show you what is it that you want. What is it that you want that you ever don't have or that you're not yet? If you see somebody that they have the car you want, you might be like, oh, okay. Or if you see somebody 
they have a personality trait. And you go like, oh, I want to become that person. So rather than beating yourself up, you can celebrate yourself and be like, I saw this. If you're able to see that trait in that person, that means that trait is already within you. I saw a, f a great and funny meme in a fitness group that I'm in online. And on the top of the meme was a woman on one side. And then it was just like a cartoon drawing, you know, of a regular woman. Mm -hmm. And then the picture next to her was this super fit, super hot model. And the caption under the woman was, oh, that's so unrealistic and blah, 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 all this sort of criticism. Below that, there was a cartoon of a man. And next to him was this like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking warrior with a sword. And under him, it said, got to get in the gym. And buy a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and the point they were trying to make is the, the way, the difference in which men and women often will deal with the jealousy, where one will be like, ah, that's so unrealistic. I can't believe they expect us to meet those, you know, standards or whatever. And then the guy's just like, fuck, how can I get there? Okay, I got to get in the gym. I got to buy a sword. <laughs> I got to like, I got to do something, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's start about some steps, dealing with jealousy, what to do. Because beating yourself up is not going to work and, you know, like conti con continuously uh, triggering yourself is not going to help either, like what Kevin was mentioning earlier. Number one, as always, know yourself. Observe your jealous thoughts and behavior. Just observe. Don't judge. Just observe. Number two, just because you have these thoughts doesn't make them true. Oh, that is a huge one. <laughs> what, what's the saying? Um, don't believe everything you think. Yes. <laughs> this is why I put it in there. I was like, this needs to be there because it's so true. It really is true. In fact, the overwhelming majority of things that you think aren't true and the overwhelming majority of things that you remember as true are only partially true. Yeah. Number three, don't act on your feelings all the time. And this Ooh. is a very important one because so many people get like crazy and like emotionally out of balance, make very irrational decisions from that place. Okay, this is an epidemic in our society right now because it is a manipulation tool that has been used against you for a long time. It's called feelings over facts. This is where they get you to believe that your feelings are more important than the actual facts. They are not, and they never will be. Facts always trump feelings. Sorry, and I didn't mean to use Trump because of any political figure, so don't get mad at me for that one. It was a term long before he was ever a political figure. So the point is, is that your feelings do not overrule the facts. A fact is a fact. It is what it is. You can feel one way about it or another way or even some other way about it, right? But and that's your choice. Fact, and the truth is truth, and you can change it. Yes, Giving myself a truth bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and this is really important to understand too, because it's okay to feel whatever feelings, but don't act when you are in the feelings. And, and I say that a lot when, when we work with clients and coaching, and especially when it comes to um, a lot of people using porn or masturbation to help them soothe a particular feeling they have, whether it's anxiety, nervousness, and I always tell them to first take care of the feeling, do something else, maybe go for a walk on the beach, play guitar, breathe, meditate, and then 
go to the thinking they usually do if it's porn or masturbation because you want to start to dissociate these two and this is really important especially with jealousy because jealousy is not very is not rational and when you really look at it you can see that you kind of probably went way overboard there might be some things to it but a lot of it is your own addiction to your suffering so you need to be able you have control how you feel that's the only thing that you can control is how you choose to react and feel to certain situations Yes, and that's it's basically giving yourself a cooling off period, right? Yes. So that you're not overreacting based on your feelings. Yes. Number four, remember that uncertainty in relationships is normal. And we talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally normal to have those feelings from time to time. If you're having them all the time, then that signals that there's something wrong in the relationship. But, 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 but and also that you could lose your partner at any time. It is just what it is. It is a truth. Yeah, don't and, focus and okay. on that. No. Be aware of it, but don't focus on it. No. Don't be like, oh my God, this could end. And then you'll drive yourself insane, literally. Yes. But but do have a realization that nothing in this world is permanent. No. And things can happen at any time. And you know, how do you want to live between now and whenever something happens, right? Number five, examine your assumptions about the relationships and human nature in general. Do you tend to have negative assumptions a lot? Or are you more like positive? Mm -hmm. Are you creating your reality because you're constantly focusing on what you don't want, which tends to happen? Or are you speaking in what you want? Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much they self-sabotage themselves in their relationships by always focusing on the negative. I don't want you to go there because then you're like, you're going to not give me attention. I'm not going to see you and this. And, and then it happens. This is actually a big uh, realization that one of my clients had where, and I think we mentioned it in a previous show, but you know, he, he went uh, on a trip with a friend of his and the trip apparently was awesome. And then on the way back, they're driving and his friends ask him about the trip. And all he's doing is recounting the few things that weren't so awesome about the trip, even though the majority was awesome. And his friend just called him out on it and said, why do you always focus on the negative? Yeah. I mean, the reality is from what he describes to me, I'd say it was 90% positive, 10% negative. There were just a few things that weren't, you know, as great as they could have been. And that's what he was talking about when asked about mm-hmm. the trip. It's like, whoa, really? And a lot of times we don't realize that we do that. And in relationship, it's so important. Like, please remember, you never accomplish anything like with, with criticism. There's no such thing as constructive criticism. If you want change, focus on the positive and what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's, there's a lot of uh, bosses and employers out there that could radically change the productivity of their workforce if they could understand that principle. That is so true. Number six, communicate. We say it all the time, your partner is not a Jedi mind reader. You can't expect your partner to know all these things. Please communicate. Mm-hmm. Number seven, trust and let go. Ooh, Ooh. That's the hardest one for a lot of people, but you need to trust. And you can trust if you've really set the foundation. Yes. If the foundation is there and you've put in the work and the time to establish it, then it's not that hard to trust and let go. 
Absolutely. It doesn't, by the way, mean become complacent and just like set it and forget it. Like that's no. not what trust and let go means. Trust means you set the foundation, you trust the other person in the relationship, you let go of all the insecurities and jealousy, but you're still putting in the effort on a regular basis to maintain the trust in the relationship. Remember there was a, we were with another, uh, with a girlfriend and, um, I was trying to get you to go to the beach and I wasn't going to be able to join you that day. And she was like, hey, I could go with you too, remember? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. You guys should go together because it's more fun to be with somebody else. And she was like, well, in that way I can keep an eye on Kevin for you. And it was so (laughs) funny because I went like, what? Like, it never even occurred to me. I said, I trust him. I have no problem. He can go to a nude beach. Like, no problem, you know, like... And it was funny because that was her thought and it never, ever entered my mind. Yeah. And so that's the kind of things we're talking about, especially when we're talking about jealousy. Good woman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number eight, give your partner some space. Don't try to to keep a tight rope. So when people feel jealous, they're thinking, if I can just squeeze this juice out of this bottle as much as I can, yeah, there's nothing left. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm going to pull a total geek reference here. You remember in Star Wars, right, when they're talking about the uh, Imperial, uh, you know, forces, and they said the, the, the tighter the tighter they grip, the more star systems will slip through, right? And that, that's the reality is the harder you squeeze something, the more stuff squeezes through all the little cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Number nine, stop comparing yourself to others. Which leads to number 10, love yourself enough to be brave enough without them. It comes down to that self-love. And then number 11, make sure you are both all in in the relationship. Yeah, and we talked about that at the beginning of the show, so we don't have to say a whole lot more about it, but it's, it's huge. Basically, in any serious relationship that you're going to enter in, you need to decide that you are in. It's just like, you know, if you compare it to, you know, sports, let's just, just say mountain biking or, or like motocross racing, right? You're going to hit a big jump. If you go into that jump, not sure whether or not you're really going to make the jump and like you're a little hesitant, so maybe you don't quite give it enough speed, you are guaranteed to crash. You have to commit. And, and in, if you've done any kind of extreme sport like that, you know commitment is the key. Same thing with rock climbing. It's a hard move, right? And you're way above your last piece of gear. And it's like, do you do the move half-assed? No, because you're going to take a huge whipper off that rock, right? Hey, your relationship is an extreme sport. <laughs> it just is, you know? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So the point is you, just, you have to commit, right? You have to give it everything that you've got. Yeah. So we're going to quickly go over uh, some of the cheating. Um, really, it definitely deserves a whole episode of much more dip, dip, digging into it. You know, we're not here to condemn cheating, the cheater, the cheaty. Like, you got to get out of the mentality that there's a victim and an oppressor because it takes two. The person who went somewhere else was probably pushed there as well. So both person in the relationship have to take responsibility. That's generally the case. And, and I know there's a ton of people listening right now who've been cheated on who are going, not in my case. Yes, in your case too. Yeah, it just is how it is, you know. But, you know, you got to think 
you got to find ways to get your needs met. Okay, so you need to think outside the box. Uh, sometimes it means redefining your relationship. So that's not called cheating. Sometimes, you know, whatever it takes. But if you've been caught or you've mentioned it or whatever, it's in the open. Number one, you have to talk about what happened and why. Yeah, so so talk about what happened and why. And I also want to say, let's just say you haven't uh, cheated yet. So we're talking about, you know... Preventive. Yeah, preventive. So find ways to get your needs met. You have to really talk about what those needs are. Yes. Why you have them and yes. try to come to some uh, compromise. Yeah. You got to commit to being open and honest with each other from then on. Yeah, this is hard because a lot of people don't really want to admit what their needs are. They, they literally are afraid to say, look, I, I, I kind of have this need to have sex every week. Which, you know, for some people are like every week, I'm fucking every day. But, but when, you, when you really talk with married couples who've been together for a while, most of them wish they had sex every week because, you know, it's more like once a month or sometimes once every three months. So anyway, you just have to really be honest about whatever your needs are, even if they sound ridiculous. You got to be willing and able to do the work to heal. So whether it's hurt feelings, whether it's the cheating has happened, like there's a phase of healing and repair that needs to happen, and both of you have to commit to it. Yeah, and again, just to take this out of the cheating has already happened, you have to be willing to do the work and heal so that you can prevent the cheating, mm -hmm. right? So let's say the cheating hasn't happened yet, and you're having this talk about what your needs are and why they aren't being met. Maybe those needs aren't being met because there's some work that needs to be done and there's some healing that needs to happen in, with one person or the other or the relationship itself. Number four, decide what being monogamous looks like for both of you. And it can look many different ways. We've done multiple shows on that. Uh, that's hence the think outside the box. There yes. can be ways to make this work for both of you that are different maybe than what you were taught. There's not one way to do relationship. It's your relationship. You do any rules you want. As long as both of you play the same rules. Yeah, as long as you're playing by the same rules and you act in integrity. Yes. All right, let's see. So that was under number one, you know, which was find ways to get your needs met, think outside the box. And then we gave you a little bit of a formula for how you can go about getting those needs met. That was those four points. Next is realize the grass isn't always green around the other side. We mentioned this at the beginning, and it's definitely a point we wanted to make. When it comes to cheating... A lot of times people are struggling in their relationship. They see a shiny object, squirrel, right, out there and they go, you know what, that looks way better to me and I'm going to go for it. The reality is it rarely ever is. And the shiny object will become dull. Because wherever you go, there you are and you're taking yourself and all the problems that you have yet to resolve with you to the next shiny object, to the next squirrel. So realize that the grass is not always greener on the other side. And most likely, if you would just put in the work to fix your own relationship, you could polish that sucker up so that it is shiny, shiny, shiny and bright. Understand how destructive this behavior is to your current relationship. So if you are cheating, you, gotta, you, you have to understand that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, a lot of times people think, ah, oh, it's just a little cheating. It's just when I go on one a business time. trip or it's just one time, like it's no big deal. The thing is, is if you're going to fix this, you have to understand how destructive 
this is. If it is found out, the chances of recovering after that are not that great. It is highly destructive, and you have to understand that. If you understood that, I, I personally think if a lot of people truly understood how destructive it really is, they might make different choices. That's true. And last but not least, maybe this isn't the right relationship for you, and you're trying to make it fit, and then you're trying to get you too coward to call it quits, so you go cheat. Well, it might be time to really look at things and be honest. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, yeah, we say, you know, don't cheat, put in the work, you know, do what you need to do to fix the relationship. But in some cases, it's maybe just not the right relationship for you. And you just have to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And you have to go, okay, this isn't working. We've done everything we could. Maybe it's time to transition and move on rather than say, well, I'm just going to keep things the way they are and cheat on the, on the side. Right. That, that's never the right answer. And again, you know, there are some people who are okay with what they have. They've, they've established wealth, a family, and then they're okay with turning a blind eye to anything else that happens. And if that works for both, both is the key of you. Keep it. Eh, I mean, but yes, I you still know don't recommend it. Here's the thing. Ultimately, because I've had several clients like this, and I work with one of them for several years, and he kept saying, okay, I'll divorce her, I'll divorce her. And what I saw, he just, he was too weak. And ultimately, he came to a place where I think it was like mid-50s, and then he realized he wasted half of his life. Mm-hmm. And then he had some massive health issues, and that forced him to make the changes he needed to do. And then that's finally what helped him to see that because he was so out of alignment, if he wanted to enjoy his life, at least part of what was left, he needed to make those changes. And that's what it took. And so sometimes you think you can, but your body knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Woo! Woo, we that did was, it. That was a long episode. We hope that you found it very valuable. We know that these are big things that a lot of people encounter in their relationships. So hopefully you took some tools home with you that can help you when these things arise. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>